I'm Tom Tate, and this is the Power Time Podcast. What's up, Power Players? Welcome to episode 13 of the Power Time Podcast. I am your host and guide, Tom Tate. I will be taking you on a journey, on an expedition, on a jumbo safari through the history of Nintendo, one issue of Nintendo Power at a time. And today, we are going to switch things up this week and try a new experiment. So, As I mentioned in the earlier episodes, I started the Power Time podcast for a few reasons. First reason is I love Nintendo and I've loved Nintendo Power growing up. The magazine, it was this communal experience and I remember reading it at recess, picking it up at the local bookstore. I remember having a subscription at certain times and then other times I didn't have a subscription so I had to beg my mom uh, for an issue or I had to just read it in a friend's basement. And I also remember all the ads, all the pull-out posters, all the sweet, sweet cheats and tips that we had pre-internet. So that's how this show got its start. I was inspired by Nintendo Power, and I wanted to go through all of... I wanted to selfishly go through all of the back issues personally and document that along the way. The other reason why I began this podcast was because I, I realized that in talking about the idea for the show, everyone has their own unique... Nintendo stories. And, you know, I, I found this when I was talking to friends, but also to coworkers, people who I didn't even know were gamers at one point, uh, friends, coworkers, family members, each person, they, they have a Nintendo tale from their youth. Uh, and these aren't just video games. These aren't just products that you buy at the store. The NES, for so many of us, young and old and in between, it, it is truly a part of who we are. The games we played, they mark a certain era in our lives that we'll never forget. And we'll never forget those times in relation to the games that we were playing. And I really wanted a venue to invoke those memories and those stories to tell my own stories, but also to hear and tell the stories of others. So for issue 13, which would traditionally be the Super Mario Brothers 3 strategy guide issue, I decided not to talk about the guide itself. It is a very cool guide. Uh, It is a robust issue, and it marks the first official Nintendo Power dedicated player's guide. But there's not much to say other than that it reveals everything you need to know about Super Mario Bros. 3. So all the tips and tricks and maps are in this issue. Uh, We already talked about Super Mario Bros. 3 in a few past episodes, so I didn't want to exhaust you with the details of this strategy guide. Instead, I wanted to hear more stories about Super Mario Brothers 3. And I didn't want those stories to come from me. I wanted to hear your stories. So what I did was I first solicited feedback from the PowerTime community, uh, which you can also join by following me on Twitter at YoPowerTime. Or you can join our weekly newsletter and private Facebook group, And that's at powertimepodcast.com slash unlocked. 
So I, I solicited some feedback from the immediate community. And then after that, I took to Reddit, uh, specifically the NES subreddit. And what happened uh, for me was so delightful. The community shared some of their finest memories of Super Mario Brothers 3. And these were really fantastic stories. Uh, some of them are so universal that they can probably belong to any one of us. Uh, you know, stories that others tell that we all resonate with. It's almost like watching an episode of The Wonder Years. Uh, but then for others, uh, some of them are so unique and so fun. Uh, and for a few of them, actually touching and heartwarming. So for this episode, I would like you uh, to tune in, sit back, relax. Uh, and we are going to time travel back to 1990 to relive some of the awesomeness that is Super Mario Brothers 3 one of the most epic titles on the Nintendo Entertainment System, probably my favorite title on that console. Uh, and before I get into it, I want to thank uh, everyone who gave me the okay to share their story. So I didn't share anyone's story without their permission, so thank you for that. Uh, and I also want to thank uh, musician and multi-instrumentalist XOC, who put together an amazing tribute to Super Mario Brothers 3. This was back in, I think, 2009 that this was released. And I reached out to him, and and he gave me the okay to play any of his tunes from XOC. So props to him. Uh, we'll be hearing some of those tunes throughout this episode, and you can pick up the album uh, at Bandcamp. Uh, so I'll include a link in the show notes. But the, the record was only five dollars. Uh, so if you Google XOC plays three, uh, really dope covers, uh, and the actual cover of the 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 album art for this is a play on Led Zeppelin three. Uh, that album cover. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, you'll hear some of that music throughout. So that said, uh, let's see what better way uh, to kick things off than to listen to the iconic overworld theme to this NES gem. One of the best stories from Super Mario Brothers 3 came from my friend and coworker Kim. Uh, so Kim wrote to me, I have great memories of playing Super Mario Brothers 3 with my dad and sister. My dad loved all kinds of games, but Super Mario Brothers 3 was probably the first video game he could really enjoy playing with me and my sister. He took notes labeled Nintendo Secrets in a red hardback journal. These notes included where to find items like whistles, as well as a key to all of the card-matching minigames. As a four- or five-year-old, I found it fascinating that he could figure out these patterns and secrets on his own. 
My dad passed away when I was a teenager, and I still have the red hardback journal where he wrote his Nintendo secrets. Now, as an adult, I still find it fascinating that he could figure out patterns and secrets in the games uh, without using the internet as a crutch. I also feel fortunate that he documented it in, in his own handwriting, and I was able to keep it all of this time. This game and my dad's Nintendo secrets remind me of some of my happiest childhood gaming memories. So thank you so much, Kim, uh, for sharing that. And I remember uh, talking to Kim about this before I even started the show. She shared this story with me. And, and this this level of, uh, of, of remembering games in such a way that they, they aren't just products that we pulled off the shelves uh, at, at Toys R Us. Uh, or but in Toys R Us's case, you know the slips of papers that we bring to the front. Uh, these are stories that are a part of us, uh, and that that's what inspired me uh, to to really start this podcast. And you know, my happiest gaming uh, childhood memories they started with Mario Three as well. Uh, my best friend uh, Anthony, uh, and Anthony puts it really well. I can't remember not being friends with him, uh, which I think is a great way to describe your earliest friends. Uh, him and I would play this all the time, this and uh, Turtles 2. Uh, and when I took to Reddit, uh, I really posed a simple question. All I, all I really asked was, what are your fondest Mario 3 memories from back in the day? Uh, I just wanted to hear those memories. Uh, and I shared an example. So my example was, for me, it was seeing it for the first time when watching The Wizard. I couldn't wait for it to be released. I remember calling the video store every Friday for weeks to see if they got it in for rental. Finally, I remember getting my copy by seeing it in the return bin. Someone brought a copy back and I snagged it before it was even put back on the shelf. Uh, That was at my local uh, West Coast video. Uh, But this episode is not about my stories. This episode is about your stories. Uh, So let's hear what the community had to say. And just a quick note, you know, I'm typically, I'm not one for censorship, uh, but I did censor out some profanity just to keep this PG for the younger listeners uh, in the description of the show. Uh, this is a retroactive for gamers of all ages, uh, but the memories are fantastic. If you want to read the originals, I will definitely include a link on the show notes for this episode. Uh, but first, uh, we are going to check out so much XOC music. Uh, we are going to listen to another track. This is The Grasslands. So for many, the memories around Mario 3 begin with a story of acquaintance or acquisition. How did one get to know Super Mario Bros. 3? And later, how did they come to acquire this coveted game pack? Uh, So do you remember release week? Do you remember when this game was actually released in your hometown? And it varies from location to location. Uh, So here's a tale from Reddit. Uh, This is from user Bork Dork Pork. 
shopping around town with one of my cousins in the summer of 1991, asking every toy store or electronics store if they had Super Mario Brothers 3. Then on August 29th, which was the release day for us, riding my bike to town after school and buying the game with some birthday money I had saved up and going home and playing the out of it until I had to leave for football practice, soccer for you Yanks. Another thing I remember from around that time is finding a glitch where I managed to jump through a wall in one of the mini castles. Can't remember which one. I ended up in a mostly empty room with no way of getting back and eventually just decided to try jumping as far as I could in the hopes of being able to reach another platform. But there weren't any platforms in reach. I tried to replicate the glitch later while having the P-Wing, hoping to be able to fly across the room, but I don't think I ever managed to do it. So thanks, uh, Bork Dork Pork, for that uh, story. I think we all kind of remember that acquisition story, uh, how we got a copy and what we did once we first got it. So here's another one. This one is from Reddit user Born Again News Troll. Uh, that game had huge buzz at the time. I was pretty young, but I had an older sister who was pretty good at it. Our grandparents bought it for all three of us at Christmas because the new release games were too expensive for regular purchases. Shortly after we got it and had difficulty getting past World 3, there was an evening news show that did a segment on the game. They spilled the beans on the first two Warp Whistle locations, which was completely new to us. Our whole family saw the segment together, and then we all watched in amazement as my sister changed the game for us after getting the whistle. Uh, Thank you, Born Again News Troll, for sharing that. I think... uh, We all have those Christmas morning memories uh, picking up a new title uh, because they were expensive back then. Uh, But it's it's cool to uh, think that the evening news covered Super Mario Brothers 3 uh, and its release and spilled the beans on certain secrets. That was pretty awesome. So do you remember the uh, the song from the airship? Uh, That's one of my favorites, uh, the iconic tune from the airship stages, and it appears in different Mario titles throughout the history of the game. Uh, but we're going to check it out right now from XOC. Here's another good one from Reddit user Alcubier. My buddy always got the cool video games before I did. I had a better bike and skateboard, but he always uh, was ahead on the new NES games. The day he got it, we were eight years old in 1988. He called me up super excited, and we planned a sleepover in his basement where the NES was for that night. Taking turns, we must have played that thing until three o'clock in the morning before our third grade brains begged for sleep and we passed out in our sleeping bags with the map screen still up. 
We started right back up that morning before breakfast and played well into the afternoon. We would have skipped eating if his parents hadn't insisted on feeding us. Breakthrough games like this were always an event. There would be parties when one of us was lucky enough to get it one for Christmas, uh, to get one for Christmas or a birthday, and then another one when one of us got our hands on the Nintendo Power with all of the secrets in it. Today, I tend to play games alone, but it was really an occasion for me and all my friends back in the late 80s, early 90s when something new came out. So I totally agree. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you for that story. Uh, here is another one uh, from Cornered Weller. Getting it on my birthday. It was around uh, when it came out. We were in the Canadian Tire. I remember it was pretty expensive, basically the top tier price at the time. It's weird to think about it now because I wouldn't think Canadian Tire sold NES games. I'm pretty sure they don't now. So I actually had to look up what a Canadian Tire was. And apparently it is a big box retail store in Canada. It looks pretty cool. Uh, and thank you for that note. Uh, it was definitely... Uh, a, NES games were definitely games that you could buy in weird places. I definitely remember that. Uh, and games were hard to get. Sometimes you would only find them in the weird places because they were sold out in the bigger stores. Uh, and here's a short response from another Reddit user who said, I remember seeing it at the rental store when it came out. There were probably 100 copies, all quote-unquote rented. Uh, so it was in high demand. Uh, here is a great memory from user King Drool. Uh, from Reddit, who writes, I was four years old and living in uh, Tucson when it was released. Uh, we just recently got an NES at home with Mario slash Duck Hunt, but I wasn't very good at it since I was so young. I thought the NES uh, was really cool, but I was still playing with toys and crowns more than anything. Anyway, my mom owned a tanning salon and a strip mall and would take me to work with her every day since I wasn't in school yet. Luckily, in this very same strip mall, there was a Power Play video game store. They got a big, new, playable Mario 3 display. And since I was there during school hours, it was almost never in use. I would stand there playing it until my neck hurt from looking up at the screen or until my mom called the store and told the owner to send me back to the salon. This went on for months until I started kindergarten later that year. My mom was pretty keen on my addiction, though. She got us a copy for the house on my birthday around the same time I started school. Mario 3 is the game that got me into gaming in the first place, and it's still one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I, I love this story. So, King Jewel, thank you for sharing that. I uh, really, appreciate, really appreciate that. Uh, we are going to, again, just keep the music going with this episode. Uh, this is Overworld Theme 2 from XOC, and we'll be back in just a minute.
So Reddit user Cinemafia writes, pretty much the same as you, going to see The Wizard with my best friend when I was 11 and having everyone in the theater gasp when SMB3 came on the screen. Something like that would just never happen today. Uh, So thanks for writing that. I actually didn't see The Wizard on the big screen. I saw it uh, at home on VHS, but I could not even imagine uh, sitting in the theater and seeing uh, that that scene with Super Mario Brothers 3 on the big screen. It must have been uh, quite the event. Uh, Reddit user Gooch3008 proudly reports, first kid on my block with the game. Uh, I love that because that was like such the, such a great feeling, right? Being the first kid on your block uh, who has the, the hot new title, the hot new game pack. Uh, so Gooch3008 writes, first kid on my block with the game. Me and all my pals gathered in my living room and played that for like 10 hours. Glorious. Uh, so thank you, Gooch. Uh, next up, we have a story from Lantern Keeper. Uh, and he wrote on Reddit, uh, we got our copy for the NES not long after it came out. My older brother and I played the game a lot. I liked the maps and would sometimes just sit and watch the animated sprites and listen to the music. My brother knew a lot of the secrets of the game, but I never found out how he learned about them, though I imagine he learned them from his classmates. He loved doing the battle mode and would often initiate a battle after I'd finish a stage. He was better at battling than me and would try to obtain the cards I'd received from all of the levels, usually succeeding much to my own frustration. It was a lot of fun and I have fond memories of playing. It's funny, I actually have similar memories uh, playing battle mode with my my sister, uh, and uh, I I think I think I was better at battle mode, so uh, I was probably the the jerk in that case who was always initiating battle mode uh, and and winning. But yeah, that was a that was a great little feature that they added into this game uh, for two players because uh, the two player mode in, in Super Mario Brothers three was uh, pretty pretty uh, passive. It wasn't really cooperative. Uh, you basically basically just took turns. Uh, so that was a fun little feature that they built in. Uh, Here's a great collection of memories from Crimson Studios. Uh, And he writes, uh, definitely same memory of the wizard uh, introducing the game and the excitement there. Uh, Probably one of the best product placements of all time. I totally agree. Uh, Other memories uh, that that, uh, is written here. Uh, Best friend and I constantly battling, again, in Mario Bros. mode, uh, trying to steal each other's turns. Uh, Trying to execute the hard-to-get secrets, even when you know how. Like the white ship, uh, that's yeah, that was really difficult. And then uh, in recent years, trying to inform a stubborn and inebriated friend that you could warp from World 1 to World 8 if you had two whistles. Despite my best attempts explaining how, he held to it that you had to get to World 2 first. And I swear he was ready to fight me over how right he was. LOL. Man, I love that. I love the... Uh, the way the memory changes over time, like what you remember about certain games. And then there's, there's uh, friendly arguments that you get into um, in your later years as you're trying to recall these little details about all of these old games and old memories that we have. Um, and it's funny because I actually, uh, I didn't remember that you could use those two whistles uh, and get right to World 8. I, I also thought that you had to be on World 2. And I was actually playing Super Mario Brothers 3 this past weekend. Uh, on a, a mini vacation that I took with my family. Uh, my younger brother, um, he's uh, in his teens. 
And uh, I, we always love to talk about old Nintendo games. And I brought the NES Classic Edition with me uh, to this mountain house that we stayed at. And I, I popped in. Uh, well, I didn't pop in, but I uh, fired up Super Mario Brothers 3. I got the first two whistles. Uh, and sure enough, uh, it took me to World 8. And I forgot how hard World 8 was. I could not get past uh, one of the stages, uh, no matter how hard I tried. Uh, and I used to be able to play this game and, and beat it with a blindfold on. So, you know, Mario 3, if you haven't revisited uh, this game yet, definitely check it out. Um, it is not like riding a bicycle. Uh, you will have to get back into the the groove of things. Uh, but enough about my stories. Uh, we are going to jump into the castle theme uh, from Super, Super Mario Brothers 3 as played by XOC. Uh, and we'll be back in just a second. So here's a note from JetTag T8V80, uh, who writes, Honestly, it was getting it, uh, actually getting it. It was the first time I waited in line for something, and when we got into the store, my mother told me to stay back. It was crazy. She will get it. Two minutes later, she comes back with it, and when I played it, I think my jaw dropped to the floor, honestly. I never thought about this until my mom passed last December, and while she wasn't the best mother due to her addiction and mental health problems, there are a few things I remember. Um, so Jet Tag, thank you for sharing that memory. Uh, you know, what I love about video games is how they stick out as a positive uh, memory, even through tough times. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing this one. Um, and, you know, I want to kind of shift over. There were some really great stories that I've seen circulating out there, not just in this thread, but throughout the web about people who got their hands on a Japanese release of Super Mario Brothers 3 or they ended up uh, playing it in some form uh, because someone they knew got their hands on a Japanese release. Uh, so here's a great one from Reddit user Abiv23. Uh, got to play a Japanese Super Mario Brothers 3 copy a friend's dad got while on a business trip in Japan. It was about two months before it came out in the U.S., if I remember correctly, and it was amazing. Uh, so thank you, Abiv. And yeah, I mean, I, I remember uh, reading similar tales of people's minds being blown uh, because somebody picked up an actual copy from Japan. So we're going to play one of my favorite uh, themes from the game. Uh, this is the King theme. Uh, and uh, this is one of the songs that really sticks out to me. Uh, not so much because it's as memorable uh, as the ones from the actual stages, but it just really felt like uh, fitting for the scene in which it shows up.
So other stories and memories, they focused on the game's various secrets and hacks. So W. Luttrell writes, and this is a great uh, similar experience to Kim, such great memories so far. Mine is definitely playing with a neighbor while my sister mapped out all of the memory card game layouts. We were swimming in items. This may still be my favorite game of all time, and it still gets me fired up every year or so. Yeah, that's a great one. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, Riven Hall writes, mainly the warp zones. That blew me away. The fact that you could pick and choose where to go in the world and that you could uh, like skip through the game like that. Maybe it was that the worlds were all so vastly different and it really felt like you were traveling. I don't know, but something about the way it was set up really amazed me, even though it wasn't that different from the original Super Mario Brothers. Actually, I just seem to remember a lot of the secrets overall, lol. The white block trick, learning how to use the hammer item in World 2, etc. Yeah, once you start thinking about these things, uh, they all seem to pop back into your head. So Lane ProLiant recalls, I remember bouncing on the hidden pink note block in 1-5 and going to Coin Heaven. Then I was jumping around in Coin Heaven and suddenly Mario died and the screen stayed black. To this day, I don't know why. If I had to guess now, I'd say the cart or NES memory was damaged. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure we've all had our glitch moments uh, playing the NES. Uh, Mr. Steve Thompson shares, I think a very early firsthand memory is being blown away by the idea of a world map. Still a very, very uh, fairly novel concept at the time. And that uh, battle game players could duke it out for control for the next turn. I also recall being surprised and delighted by the appearance of a white ship mushroom house. I still have no idea what exactly triggers those to appear. And at this point, I don't want to spoil the magic. Uh, So thank you, Mr. Steve Thompson. I believe some Reddit commenters actually did spoil the magic. Uh, You can read those comments over on Reddit. I'll post the link on the show notes. Remember the Hammer Brothers suits? Uh, They were one of my favorite things from the game. Uh, And Fury from Missouri agrees, uh, writing... Getting the Hammer Brothers suit was the most amazing thing. You could kill almost anything with the hammers. You could duck and absorb fireballs, and you looked cool as hell. I always hoped there was some secret way to get a Boomerang Brother or Fire Brother suit. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome uh, if, if somebody hacked away at Mario 3 to do that. So thank you. Uh, and speaking of the Hammer Brothers, uh, here is their theme. So many others uh, remembered their favorite levels throughout the game, their favorite moments. Uh, Golf Kid 3 shared the most upvoted comment on the Reddit thread, and his comment was basically, uh, swimming under the battleship in World 8. Uh, and yes, uh, everyone remembers uh, that if they knew that that was a secret. Uh, that was such a cool thing. Uh, Going to Die writes, I got the game as a kid when it came out, and my only real memory that stands out 
uh, was being amazed at the grand scale of the game. The levels were big for the time. It wasn't linear like other platforms. Uh, there was a whole world in the sky and underground in the same level. I recall one level late in the game that was a long, increasingly higher platform, and then later you were flying underneath that platform. Also, reaching the end was so epic. The level of warships blew me away. Yes, uh, thank you for, for sharing that one. Uh, Boudreau 21 writes, I'll always remember the Giants from World 4. Yeah, Giant Land was mind-blowing for me too. Uh, that was one of the best uh, moments when you see all the huge enemies. Psycog writes, Skyland, climbing the tower. The transition from land to sky is one of my most uh, remembered moments. Being Mario in the tower in SMB3 is like climbing the Tower of Babel to reach the heavens. Yes, uh, Skyland was so memorable, um, and I love the transition in that level as well. Um, So we are going to listen to another track. Uh, This is Oceanside from XOC Plays 3. Definitely be sure to check out this XOC soundtrack. Uh, you can find it on Bandcamp and in the show notes. It was only $5, and it is super awesome. Uh, there's way more tracks than what I included in the episode. Uh, so moving on, what I really appreciated were the quirky and unique personal memories that were shared, as well as a few that were especially powerful and touching. Uh, so here's a great unique story from Sinker23. Uh, when I was a stupid kid, my brothers uh, were always playing Super Mario Brothers 3. My kid mind thought, if I break the game, they'll have to play with me. Uh, how does a six-year-old kid break an NES game? I put peanut butter in the slot with the pins, and then I put it back in the pile of games, not thinking they'd think it was me. I got in trouble. My mom cleaned the game somehow, and now it sits in my collection, and it works perfectly. Um, so good to know. Uh, peanut butter will not destroy your NES games. Uh, Terra Mora writes, I watched my parents play it when I was really little. Eventually, when I was older, around nine or so, I watched my younger brother play it too. He's always been better at video games than me, so I would just watch for a while and play or play as Luigi, and I would die a lot. It felt like a family thing to beat the game, so when I finally beat it after everyone else, I felt so great. I loved all of us sitting around watching whoever was playing it. My mom is from the Philippines, so when she would jump on an enemy, she would always say something like, Pate! Uh, it means die or something. Ever since then, I play the game alone or with my family at least a few times a year. However, for some odd reason, I always had a childhood fear of the game. It freaked me out when I was a kid that Mario would smile and shrug when he died. I remember having a nightmare of the hand that pulls you in in the eighth world, pulling me into the lava. I used to have to mute. Uh, I used to have to mute when a game over happened because the game over music scared the crap out of me. I eventually got over it. I think it's kind of hilarious now how scared I was of the game. 
but still loved it and played it a lot. Just had to avoid the spooky parts. Yes, I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, Reddit user ThatMFFM uh, shares how he got his tricks and tactics. Uh, uh, this user writes, I remember shoplifting the Super Mario Brothers 3 walkthrough issue of Nintendo Power from the Caldor in the town I grew up in and becoming a golden god at that game. Even to this day, I can kick that game's... Yes, thank you. Uh, I, I don't condone theft, uh, especially from Caldors. Um, but yes, that is the issue that, that this episode is based on, issue number 13, the walkthrough issue. Um, so I'm glad you got your hands on a copy. Uh, so we are about to wrap up this episode, but I want to play a few more tracks. Uh, this is The Pipe Maze uh, from Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh, we have one more story, and then we will wrap things up. So we have one final story uh, to wrap things up. It's a long one, uh, so I'm going to paraphrase a bit at the end, but I'd love for you to head on over to Reddit to catch the whole thing. Uh, This comes from Reddit user Mike Bush. Uh, So he writes, Anyway, uh, here's the story as it was told to me because most of it I just don't remember for reasons that will be explained below. Summer of 1990, last day of third grade. My buddies and I are in the gymnasium as the teaching staff hands out meaningless awards to the students. An hour and a half before summer vacation, the principal calls my mother, pleading to come pick me up. Apparently, I was pale as a ghost, and they were sick of looking at me. My mother had just given birth to my sister, so she couldn't drive, and my stepfather was at work. Our neighbor picked me up to take me home in his blue Ford Escort, which I promptly barfed uh, my SpaghettiOs into. That afternoon, as I'm lying in the living room couch, on the living room couch, one of my buddies from down the street comes over with Super Mario Brothers 3 with its shiny yellow label and raccoon tail goodness. We made it to World 2 when my parents decided to take me to the hospital. I vaguely remember being upset about this. Health be damned, I wanted to save the frickin' princess. The doctors tell my parents I have a virus, give me a suppository, ow, and send me home, and I slept through the night in my parents' waterbed. Sometime the next afternoon, I start having seizures. This was the start of jokes about me jumping on the bed. Uh, Stepfather comes home from work. Parents take me back to the hospital, leaving my days old sister with the babysitter. My mom can still recall this six foot four behemoth of a stepfather carrying me into the emergency room crying. He thought he was holding a dying child. Apparently, I suffered a brain aneurysm. I'm then transferred to the children's hospital in Detroit. This was my first ambulance ride. Woohoo! So Mike goes on to explain his two-week stay at the hospital playing Super Mario Land on Game Boy um, as doctors uh, thwarted a preemptive attempt uh, to cut him open and perform surgery. After the dust settled, according to Mike, uh, who writes, you know, the doctors concluded that the ruptured artery in my brain miraculously healed itself and is no longer bleeding. Not only does this never happen, but 90% of those with brain aneurysms die immediately and half of the remaining 10% die soon after. I've never really verified these claims. Uh, I'm sort of a miracle child, I guess. Um, Anyway, one of the few memories during this period after I was released from the hospital was beating Super Mario Bros. 3 for the first time. This was the first Mario game I completed. I proceeded to work backwards and beat Mario 2 and then the original. 
In the end, things turned out okay. I turn 36 tomorrow, although I look and feel much younger. Hell, I may not even act my age. I just high-def modded an original NES. I attribute that to my five-year-long medicated coma. My pal Mario and I have been through a lot together. I'll raise my final glass of wine to the evening of the evening to Mr. Shigeru Miyamoto, Dr. Alexa Kanady, my mother and my stepfather. Cheers to you two fantastic people, all of which had a profound effect on my childhood and got me through the worst times so that I can post about it 25 years later on Reddit. Apologies in advance for spelling or grammatical errors. Blame the wine. Mike, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with with me and with Reddit. Uh, I appreciate that, and I hope that listeners do too. Uh, This was a touching story, and I am so glad that you're all right and you came out uh, well on the end, um, and you have these memories to share. Uh, and to hold on to uh, as as positives during a very uh, challenging time. Uh, so power players, uh, this episode is my tribute to you, the gamer. Uh, these are the stories that we hold close and remember with our family our, and our friends uh, and our siblings um, and our coworkers. Uh, this is why video games aren't just a dumb way for us to kill time. They aren't just some mindless button mashing experience to take our minds off of the real world, although they do a very good job doing that. Video games, especially the ones carefully crafted by innovative pioneers during these early console wars era, they have soul, they have personality, and are just as much a part of us as the cartoons we watched and all of the VHS tapes that we wore out, all of the snacks that we consumed, like Little Debbie, SpaghettiOs, and Lunchables. They are just as much a part of us as the books that we read and the places that we visited. The NES, in all of its bulky gray glory, is a part of our stories. In our early journeys through life, the Nintendo Entertainment System and our loose issues of Nintendo Power Magazine hitched along for the ride. As always, I want to thank you so much for listening. I want to thank you for supporting the show. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you did, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or through iTunes by visiting powertimepodcast.com slash iTunes. Uh, While you're over there, uh, it'd be awesome. It would mean the world to me if you left a quick review letting me know how you feel. Uh, review helps me uh, continue to improve the show. The music for this episode came from the album XOC Plays 3. It was $5 on Bandcamp and honestly is one of the best $5 I've spent recently. Uh, Great music. You can search that at bandcamp.com or find a direct link at the show notes, powertimepodcast.com slash 13. That's going to do it for today's episode. If you want to connect with myself and other gamers, uh, check out powertimepodcast.com slash unlocked to get access to the private group and our exclusive newsletter. Uh, You can also contact me on Twitter at YoPowerTime. Be sure to tune back in next week uh, for next week's episode. We are going to be covering one of my favorite games, uh, the Saturday morning classic uh, cartoon turned video game, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, uh, along with the rest of Nintendo Power issue number 14. Uh, So take care out there, power players, and remember to keep on playing with power.